Hi everyone, welcome to our very first episode of Consulting with a Cause. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Melbourne branch of 180DC. Before we begin 180 Degrees Consulting, we'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people, the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. Today we have a special episode just for Orientation Day. The aim of today's episode is just to chat about our university experiences and how you can get the most out of it. We also have a super exciting guest with us today, Amin Abbas. Amin is currently working towards completing his MBA here at the Melbourne Business School, as well as working part-time at AECOM, one of the world's largest engineering infrastructure firms. What's even more exciting is that Amin was the previous vice president of 180DC, so we'll be using this opportunity to learn more about leadership roles in clubs and societies, what it might entail, and how you guys can also become your very own P's and VPs. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. We really appreciate you coming on to today. Um, yeah, yeah, so to start off, tell us a little bit about your university journey, what you studied and what you're currently doing. Sure thing. Firstly, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'll start off firstly by talking about my undergraduate. I uh, did an undergrad in mechanical engineering at RMIT. Started that in 2013, uh, completed in 2016. From there, I got into construction industry, did site engineering, was terrible at it. They moved me to an office job, uh, which I did pretty decent at. But from there, I wanted to move into more of a technical mechanical engineering role. So I moved into a mechanical engineering role at AECOM now. Uh, did that for about two years. Uh, didn't think that, that this is the, my calling. So from there, I moved into uh, the innovation space where I'm currently working now for two and a half years as an innovation consultant. So. I actually started my MBA in 2019, and the reason was that actually all my siblings had done an MBA, and I saw that they've learned so much from it. They really talked talked up how, how much it's really impacted the way they view business and the way they view life, and so I wanted to be a part of that as well and just get that transformation in terms of viewing things differently. Uh, what I can say is that uh, my principle of doing the MBA was that I wanted to not just learn and do the subjects, I wanted to maximize the impact that I could get out of uh, my university experience. So it wasn't just about doing the subjects, but it was also about being part of clubs and getting a learning experience from there, being part of any programs that Melbourne Business School had. And so some of the things that I've done is being part of the MBS Student Rep Council, and also being part of 180 Degrees Consulting, where I had a year and a half tenure there as a team leader and then as a vice president, which is a, which was, I would say, the highlight of my university experience thus far. And uh, I finished that tenure at end of 2021 and 2022 now. So just focusing on my own personal endeavors and my own personal goals uh, while completing studies. Mm. Uh, just to get kind of like a timeline here going on, did you do your MBA or did you first apply for your MBA when you became a consultant or was that still in your engineering phase? Yeah, so I, that was still in my engineering phase. So I was actually kind of considering if an MBA was the right choice at the time. Uh, just through some discussions with my mom on the phone, she would tell me, just do it anyway, apply anyway, what's the worst that can happen? And I applied to, I said, if I'm going to do an MBA, I do it with the best uni or I don't do it at all. Hence why I applied for Melbourne Business School. So I've, I had just had two years experience at that time. 
And somehow I was really surprised I got accepted. Uh, I was actually the youngest student in class in 2019. Wow. And uh, it was, well, it was, it was an ego boost, but it was also a bit of imposter syndrome, seeing around the, a lot of experienced people. The, what I, going into the MBA, I just wanted to different experience, a challenge, a, an education there on the side, as well as having that career pursuit. But now, where I'm at with my MBA, I can see that what I've gotten out of it is more direction with my career, uh, a really strong network of high quality, ambitious, and fun people, but also having just a great time through the MBA, not only with studies, but also with some of the events going on. Um, yeah, so it seems like the MBA really helped you figure out like your kind of direction and could you just run us through what like a day in the life of a consultant is like at AECOM? Yeah, sure thing. So I'm in a unique position at AECOM now where I'm an innovation consultant. I'm actually the only person in AECOM that has that title. Uh, so my work uh, differs every day, pretty much. But my role as innovation consultant is that I am an advisor and a project manager where I am focused specifically on technologies on construction sites. And my role is basically ideating and brainstorming new use cases or projects of technologies we can implement on a construction site, selecting the high value use cases, and then from there, trying to find the right solution to deliver for those use cases and to solve the problems for the users on site. And then from after that, you deliver those use cases, evaluate the success or the failure, obviously because with technology, there has to be an appetite for failure and an appetite for risk. And uh, just from there, keep doing it as an iterative process, just keep developing and transforming construction sites to uh, adopt more technologies. Yeah. Um, so I guess touching on social impact, which is a pretty big theme at 180, um, how do you think ACOM aligns with your values on social impact and other contemporary social and environmental issues? Absolutely. So the reason I actually wanted to be a part of 180 was because, firstly, it was being exposed to the more strategic, high impact side of social impact. So historically, what I used to do with not-for-profits was the more of the hands-on stuff, the labor stuff that you would do with volunteer days, whereas with 180, it was the ability to actually work with the executives of not-for-profits to be able to create an impact for them, give them strategic direction, solve their biggest problems. What is it that's keeping them up at night? And then how do I make sure that I'm actually creating a plan or a strategy to help solve them that problem, give them that direction? That was what the first main reason of, of going into 180. The second reason for me was also developing my skill sets. I didn't have a strategic mindset per se when I was at AACOM as a mechanical engineer. Going into 180 and doing all the trainings with BCG or with NAUS and also doing the project, you just naturally develop that strategic mindset. And so what do we mean by strategic mindset here is that you're not only trying to deliver work for the sake of delivering it, you're looking at the higher purpose of it. What is it that the executive needs? What is it that the end beneficiary of that non-for-profit needs? Because at the end of the day, the non-for-profit is either serving a, a animal that's been uh, left out, or maybe a child that's suffering from an illness, or a, a woman suffering from domestic violence. 
what is it that we, what is it, what can we solve for the non-for-profit so that they can deliver value and impact to that end beneficiary? And so that is what I was able to develop through 180. I was able to bring that strategic mindset back into my work at AACOM in that when I look at, for example, this, this construction technologies initiatives that I work on, I'm trying to understand how can I expand this? How, can, how does this fit into the wider vision of transforming uh, construction sites to include digital technologies? What can digital technologies include? What is it? Where is it going to go in the future? And so, having that strategic mindset has really shaped me to becoming a not just delivering work, but really understanding how can we transform the industry as a whole, so that we can increase productivity, reduce uh, reduce risk, improve safety for our laborers, and so on. Yeah, absolutely. And like one eight as a club. There are so many workshops during the semester, and I think everybody should you know, use that to their advantage and learn as much as they can. Um, but just to rewind a little, how did you first find out about 180? Yeah, it's a funny story. I actually, a friend of mine joined 180 in semester one, 2020, I think. And she, we were just having a conversation about, you know, just a normal catch up. And then she mentioned, oh, yeah, I'm doing 180 the, this semester. You should apply next next semester like what, what's 180 tell me more so uh did it so she connected me with uh, the vice president at the time in 2020 uh will henderson uh, had a chat with him to understand you know just understand what is 180 what are you looking for what kind of impact you deliver uh it, i was really intrigued by it and i actually really I, i was like okay this is great this seems like something i could really put aside some of my personal time to do and So that's how I knew of 180 and applied in semester two of 2020. Uh, applied for a team leader role instead of a consultant role because I thought I, I could develop that consultant mindset throughout the duration of the project. But also I had the leadership, uh, I had the leadership skills as well there to support. Uh, so applied for a team leader, got in as a team leader in semester two of 2020. Uh, applied to become a vice president for 2021 and got that. So. And from there, the, uh, the the impact that we've created just grew and grew, and it's been extremely rewarding experience since then. Yeah, so I guess you've answered a bunch of those questions for us that we're gonna ask about your journey. So I guess we'll kind of move on to like, what was your most memorable moment during your time at 180 DC? Yeah, lots of memorable moments. Uh, the The most memorable, I would say, was delivering a, a, my own skill sharing workshop. Now, I'll go just to take a step back. One of the, as, so when I was promoted from team leader to vice president going into 2021, one of the goals that I wanted, what I had in mind was that I wanted to develop, well, actually deliver my own skill sharing workshop end to end. So come up with a presentation uh, that would support the workshop deliver that workshop to the students and then just sharing my experiences on some of the things I've learned. And so the one the one ex the one area that I thought I was quite good at that I could actually help students develop in was public speaking. Uh, I had previous public speaking experience having been in a debating club at school, uh, spoke at a few events throughout uni, but also some uh, protests and uh, advocacy work. Uh, I, I think I spoke at a 
a social social advocacy uh, event where it had 20,000 people and I managed to deliver the speech in front of that many people. So going in, so going into that workshop, I thought it would be great that I could at least share my experiences and my knowledge uh, in public in public speaking and the result and having developed the having developed everything for the slides for the workshop, the agenda, the breakout rooms, the team activity, the it was it was really well received and getting I've had a couple of students reach out to me after that session and tell me that it was better than some of the BCG or NAS trainings that they had, wow. which was extremely rewarding, mm -hmm. as you can imagine, because really the reason I be, I wanted to continue to as vice president in 180 was was two things is that I love delivering impact to the client to those non for profits when they tell us you guys have solved a problem for us that's been bothering us for so long. That was really rewarding. But the second thing that's most rewarding was when st when I'm actually mentoring and upskilling students and making them better consultants and better people. So we're preparing them for life, for the for the for their careers or setting them up for success. Uh, yeah, when I got those messages of these couple of students that messaged me telling me they're so grateful for what what why I shared and what I delivered, it was just that made my day. That's why I did 180 for. And I knew that was what I want to live for, just create an impact for people and uh, help people out. Yeah, yeah, public speaking is so important. Like communicating between the client is so important. It's a good Absolutely. skill. Yeah. Absolutely. And public speaking is just important. Like you don't have to stand in front of 20,000 people. And tell yeah. Like it's just sometimes it's just standing in front of a, a couple of executives and, you, and that is technically public speaking. And... You could you could talk to twenty thousand people and you have no no nerves and you're completely confident, but you present to three very high profile important people and you'd be sweating, right? You you're sweating like crazy. So it's a really important skill. Yeah, yeah that sounded like a really fun and enriching um, workshop. I kind of wish I was there for it, but um, <laughs> I kind of want to just learn a little bit more about this workshop you had. But like, if you could just like use, like you would teach us one thing. To like better our public speaking, what would it be? I know it's kind of hard if it's just one thing. Mm. Yeah, some advice for the listeners. Yeah. It really is all about practice. Uh, so I'm 27 years old. Year old now. Year 27 years old now. I started public speaking technically when I was 12 years old, with a debating club at at school. So. I have 15 years of experience of public speaking, technically. So you don't become good at it overnight. It takes years and years. And you have to put yourself in an uncomfortable position of talking in front of a crowd. And I still remember that first time. What, like, I still remember the first time I had to... I stood up uh, in my first debate. No, nothing made sense that came out of my mouth. I can't remember another time where I was shaking so much. I was so nervous. But then that was the worst that like your your worst speech is going to be your first speech, quite likely from there onwards. It just gets better. And uh, practice makes perfect. That's all it is. You just have to put your you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and just continue to continue to practice. Mm, for sure. Um, since this episode is something for the orientation, I want to ask. For some of our new listeners and for anybody who's considering applying, mm -hmm. how would you describe like the culture at 180 and why they should join? Absolutely. So the culture at 180, 
is uh, is quite a is quite a special one, and I'm a bit biased maybe because I'm a vice president. <laughs> I, I maybe speak we like all that. Might be a little bit biased. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. So look, the in in my tenure as vice president, we had defined uh, the values of what the 180 DC branch was. Um, I'm not going to remember all of them to be honest, but I remember just just to but some of them that come to mind is that you have to be a risk taker. You have to be willing. You have to be willing to develop. There has to be that willingness of personal development and professional development. You have to be working with integrity, and have to be most important thing is to be passionate about social impact. Because at the end of the day, you can, we can teach you how to be a consultant. We can't teach you to love, a, a social to love being passionate about social impact. Right? If you naturally are volunteering. For non-for-profits in your available time, or if you're reading about some of the things, some of the inequities or inequalities happening within society, and thinking about how I can address it personally, you can't teach that. Naturally, if you join 180 with that passion and drive, you will put in that extra effort for that non-for-profit that you're delivering work for, and make sure that you're delivering value for them and you're doing good work for them. the The culture at 180 allows for professional and personal development it allows for risk taking it's also a really fun culture it's not just about delivering the work to the client i think you're going to have all these training workshops where you'll be able to catch up with catch up with your peers socially afterwards you'll also have lots of i remember we had lockdown so we really struggled with uh creating these having these events but we would have movie nights where mm. some of the students would watch movies together we would have a trivia where we would do a trivia together. So there's all of these events that you can that makes the experience so much more uh fun uh, at 180. And I'd highly encourage everyone to apply and if you get in to actually contribute to the culture because really that's what will make it a much more meaningful experience. Yeah. Um so I guess from my experience as one of the project consultants, I found that the application process kind of mirrored other consulting firms. So do you mind giving us just a little rundown of the um, application process and if you have any tips on how to prepare for it? Sure. So the application process uh, at the time, assuming it hasn't changed since 2021 when I was there, uh, you submit an application, I think, through Google Forms and you include your CV and your cover letter. The cover letter is optional, if from memory. And you also have to do a video interview where you asked uh, some questions and you record yourself responding to those questions. And so that is the initial screening. Uh, from there, if you, you we shortlist candidates for the interview stage, where in the for a project consultant, the interview is going to be a group interview, where you firstly you do a group a group case, you're solving a case together, and you'll have the exec team sitting there watching you what you're doing and the ideas and how you work together. After that, you will present your findings, and there's going to be a team discussion. Following that, there'll be the individual interview with uh, each candidate, uh, and then that's when offers come out. For the team leader, exactly the same in that you have a video interview. You're shortlisted. You get to the interview, but you only ha you're only interviewed alone. And then you'll ask some behavioral questions. You'll also be then asked to solve a case, assess assessing your strategic mindset and your strate strategic ability. And then from there, if you're short, if the, you're offered, then you make it in as a team leader. So, the advice that I would give, so thinking firstly from a project consultant, uh, 
the most important thing is that for the video interview, practice that. Not a lot of people are comfortable sitting in front of a camera and answering questions. You might be comfortable say, say, responding to a question if I was to ask you or if a human was to ask you. It feels a bit weird when you're just talking to a camera. And I have seen, and I actually went through all every candidate that submitted a video interview, and we've seen quite a few of them mess it up. So I would highly encourage people to practice the video interview because like you said, it's, it mirrors what consulting firms are doing. Mm-hmm. So you practice that from now, you're setting yourself up for success later. For the, the project consultant interviews, if, when you're doing the case together, speak up. A lot of the times people just take a step back and let people run the show, contribute. We, we, we want to see how you think. We want to see how you're, how you're going to contribute in that project. What do, you get, what do you bring to the table? What ideas do you have? And also when it comes to the team presentation, put your hand up to present, answer some of the questions. And also it's about working, working collaboratively. It's not just about you showing off. We want to see how you work and include everyone in the conversation. For the team leaders, I think the most important thing is that you really, you really show your leadership capabilities as well, like really highlight how you would lead a team. You don't have to be, you don't have to have all this leadership experience. You just have to be able to show that, that you're capable of doing it. And how do, you, how do you show that? Well, you have to have the confidence to be able to lead the team. You have to be able to show that strategic ability through solving the case by yourself. You have to be able to answer the questions in the star format. So I think all in all, there's just there's a lot of advice I've given there, but really it's contribute, ha- be confident going into the interview, practice, use the star format to answer your questions, and just trust the trust. And it's cliche, obviously. People keep saying be yourself, but you have to be yourself because you're also trying to see if 180 is the right fit for you and not just if 180 is looking if you're the right fit for them. If this is the right organization for you, then you just be yourself, and that's how you can best assess if this is the right organization for you. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, like for our listeners out there too, it does sound like a really grueling interview process, but you know, I feel like don't, don't be scared and don't feel discouraged. Um, just apply, give it a shot, and then once you have the experience of it, and even if you don't get passed, you can always apply again. And next time, you'll be much well prepared for it. That's for sure. Um, yeah, so just a few more questions about 180. Um, do you think your 180 DC experience has made your university experience more rounded? It definitely has. Mm. Absolutely. And this is me as a postgraduate with work experience studying an MBA. It's definitely made my experience a lot more a lot more impactful with the MBA. The the reason being is that we're firstly you're creating an impact for non for profits and able to work together with a, a group of high quality individuals at one eighty to deliver that impact. And also when you develop that strategic mindset and you're developing personally and professionally, you just become and you're applying the learnings from from your courses you're actually it's a it's it's a much more it's a much more fruitful experience and a le- and a much steeper learning journey because you're applying what you're learn you're applying what you're studying 
you're maybe sometimes you're learning something you wouldn't have learned in through other courses or case competitions. You know, this is all experience. I would I would even tell people that your career starts at uni, not after uni, right? Because mm. when you're getting exposed to 180, <coughs> you're getting exposed to project work and you're getting exposed to co collaboration and you're getting exposed to clients, real life clients. This is all this all really makes the the exper the university experience and a much more rewarding one and you set yourself up for success for your career. Yeah. Um, so how has 180DC helped you develop your personal and soft um, skills? And do you have any examples of it? Yeah, definitely. So the the soft skills that I was able to develop personally was really focused along communication. So being able, I've never had to actually lead a project team uh, and communicate to project consultants. So obviously there's having to learn how to talk with your team how to manage effectively, how to delegate. There's also the communication to the client because we're obviously talking with high profile executives of those uh, non-for-profits. Not to say that they will be, they're, they're, they're not intimidating individuals. They're actually really nice people and they want to, and they're there because they want to see the consultants develop and they also want to see what impact they can, that they can receive from 180. And so when you're working with these executives, it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful interaction with them because they're so receptive of your ideas and they're, they're happy to provide feedback and to work with you because at the end of the day, they know best about what's good for the end beneficiary. So communication with a client and communication with a team. And the second one is collaboration. You're working with a team of five consultants and two and we have two team leaders. You're all, you're, you start to learn how to work with different personalities, different working styles. And with everyone, ha and because you, you know, the best teams are the most diverse teams, that actually sets you up really well in your life and that how do I learn to work with different people to really deliver work effectively. Another soft skill I would say as well, uh, personally for me, is the leadership one. Because I was a team leader and I was a vice president, I've had to set, I guess maybe you kind of, this, you set the standard as a team leader, people would look up to you. And so I had to make sure that I was holding myself accountable to deliver the work that I was responsible for and make sure that I was representing uh, 180DC and what it means to be a 180DC uh, leader and having that experience as a team leader and then as a vice president where you manage a whole branch that I've really improved my leadership skills and I feel like a much more confident leader and now at work at my AECOM work I feel a lot more comfortable being put in a leadership position or being put in a position where I had to where I'm just given random tasks and I don't know and you know there's my manager doesn't know how to approach those tasks. He's like, I'm gonna take these tasks and I just want you to solve it for me. And I just take on it, I take on those problems and I come up with a solution for it. And that's all learnings from my 180DC is take accountability of your work, lead a team, lead your own project, lead your own work and you, and uh, everything sorts itself out. So to, to really to round it off, it's collaboration, it's uh, leadership and it's communication. Yeah, um, since ep this episode um, is for a lot of the new students out there, 
this is just a bit of like a fun other question. Um, what other clubs and societies were you a part of during your time at university, whether that's undergrad, postgrad? Mm. So as an undergrad, uh, I started my undergrad in RMIT. So I was part of the RMIT Student Union. And that was, uh, and I actually ended up working there as well as a secretary or front, uh, front office attendant, I think my title was at the time. And that was just, you know, serving, serving, you know, sausages to the students and, you know, answering queries. It was just very like tedious stuff. But uh, I was still engaged as part of the university experience with all the student union events. With, uh, with postgrad, uh, now MBA at Melbourne Business School, I was part of the Melbourne Business School Student Representative Council, where I was the treasurer. And that was the year that COVID hit us. So we had all this money to spend, but nothing to spend it on, which presented a bit of an interesting challenge for us trying to find things that find things to do. But uh, have, working on a student representative council, at least in that year, made a very interesting and unique experience in that there was complete, there was a change in the world. We didn't know what we had to do with all this money. We had to come up with new ways we can engage the students, and it's basically moving everything virtually. All in all, I'll, it's you continually want to be a part of different clubs and different societies that you need to make the experience more rewarding. Uh, right now, I'm 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 not uh, very active in clubs, but I am currently part of the Melbourne Business School Women in Management Club, where I'm a gender advocate representative, and so my role there is to just bring a different opinion to the conversation to the meetings and it's really refreshing being part of a of a, a mostly female club uh, but I just really enjoy enjoy that and I'll have to be honest when I was at 180 and the executive team was five members being female and two members being male including myself it was extremely refreshing and I really enjoyed that so I just want to do my part in helping females um, females who are aspiring for leadership positions how how do we get how do we help them get there and give them the confidence and the skill sets to get to those positions yeah um so just to finish off what's some advice that you would give to people who are just starting off with their university yeah go go in want don't go in just wanting to study and get the highest marks go in wanting to engage as much as possible with the student community involve yourself as much as you can in activities and where you can have fun and go out to events or parties just say yes <laughs> i'll be very honest because those are you don't repeat university ever in your life again quite likely unless you do a master's but it's still never the same as an undergraduate so really enjoy the undergraduate life say yes to events go out and have fun and remember your career starts at university so get that get that personal professional development from now and you set yourself up very well for the rest of your life well, i think that's all the time we have for today Thank you so much. I mean, um, it's been an absolute pleasure listening to you speak. And I'm sure our listeners have a lot to learn from you. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you.